0: We are starting a brand new series this morning. I've really been looking forward to this because there are so many different reactions that I usually get from you guys um, in these types of series. So this morning, we're starting a new series. Um, It's called Hit Me Up, and it's a dating and relationship series. All right, so we are talking about dating. All right, so we're getting after it. We're getting in deep. Um, And so for all of you, all of you eighth graders, like, the funny thing is, is I do this every two years, all right? Like, we're going to come back around to this in two years. So for those of you that are sixth graders right now, you're like, ew, boys, like, or ew, girls. In two years, I will be, uh, like, specifically addressing you because all of you eighth graders that are in here now, you were all like, ew, gross boys, like, as sixth graders. And now you're sitting in here, and, like, now this is it's for you, all right? And seventh grade is kind of a mix, mix match where like some of you are still like, no, that's not for me. I don't care about that. And then the other half of you have already like graduated to the eighth grade mindset where you're like, oh, hello, (laughs) hello. Like, and that's, I'm telling you, you guys think it's funny. All right. But it happens. It's like, I remember, I remember the moment, the moment I was in seventh grade, I was in I was brand new to this school. We'd been there for a couple months. And I remember the moment that I was like, things are different for me now. Like, I am so interested in women. Like, I'm so, like, I remember the moment. All right? I remember the moment. I can tell you, I can tell you about this. You're going to laugh at me and think it's absolutely ridiculous. But you've all had this moment where, and you don't even, some of us don't even know when it happened. It's just all of a sudden you're just like, what, whenever somebody would walk by, you'd be like, oh, Jonathan, gross, ew. And then there's like one day we're here with you you go, Jonathan. Hmm. Like, and, it, and you're just like, what happened to me? What's going on? All right. I remember I was in seventh grade. It was called, it was Tomball Junior High. All right. Tomball Junior High School, like just north of Houston, Texas. We were the Cougars. All right. That's how you say it. If you're from Houston, we're the Cougars. <sighs> all right. That's what we were. That's it. And so I remember my friend who was on the cross-country team with me. Her name was Stephanie. Um, And I remember there was one day where it's just like, ugh. And then, like, she walked by one day, and I'm like, Stephanie? Hmm. Huh. Okay. And from that moment on, my life was changed. Everything was different. All right? It was different. Um, Never dated Stephanie. Never happened. So I was crushed there. Uh, Anyways... It's probably for the better. Whatever, I'm not bitter or anything. I'm fine. This is all right. So, so we're talking about dating, um, and so for some of us, I think that we're like, man, what does what does the Bible have to say about dating, relationships, all of these things? Because it's like, there's not like, turn to like first whatever chapter 19, and and there's like a chapter on like how to be the best boyfriend, or like how to how to have the how to be the perfect girlfriend. Like there's not. That's not a, like a, a, a header in here. Like, Jesus was like, and make sure when you're on the date that you ask if, you wanna, if she wants you to pay for her. So, like, that's not, it wasn't in there. However, I think that if we, if we kind of reel it back a little bit, here's the thing. When we talk about dating and things like that, relationships are based on a couple different foundational teachings, um, things that I, I know that the Bible teaches us about how we, how we talk to others, how we treat others, how we view one another, and all these things. So if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and go to the book of Colossians, um, Colossians chapter 3. Um, and so the title of, of the message this morning um, is called Friend Zone, all right? So, Friend Zone. And I'm really excited about this, because if those, for those of you that don't know— um, I I lived in the friend zone, like, my whole life, all right? I lived there. I had a house. It was a nice house, all right? Garage, a dog, everything. Like, I had, I lived there. Um, If any of you ask my wife, she put me there, all right? For for almost three years, two and a half years, and I clawed my way out of there. And it was, (laughs) I got out. I made it everyone. There is hope. All right. And let me tell you something. I believe you guys are going to think I'm crazy. The friend zone is the best zone. It's the best. The friend zone is the best. All right. And so, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. And and we're going to talk about what God has to say um, about friendships and relationships, because I think before we can even get into next week, as we start to talk about like, we really dig into dating and what that looks like and, and biblical concepts and all that stuff. I think that you have to take it back and just say, what is the most important relationship in our lives? The most important relationship. And so as you guys have, have been flipping to um, Colossians, um, before I even start reading in there, I would say that if you look at the most important relationship, that comes straight from the mouth of Jesus in Matthew 22. He says that we need to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we need to love others as we love ourselves. Like it is, there are the, that is the, technically it's called the great commandment where, where Jesus lays out, you need to love God and love others. And so immediately, Jesus is setting up this foundational thing that is key to every single relationship that you have, whether it's like a best friend, whether it is an actual relationship like dating, whether it is your parents or your siblings or your cousins or whatever. The foundation to every relationship is your relationship with God. Because how you view God is going to affect how you view the people around you. Does that make sense? So now, if you are in Colossians, um, this is like midway through, actually a little bit more than midway through the New Testament. Um, you can almost flip to the very back of your Bible. It is, it's a small book. Um, it's right after Philippians. It's in, the, in like the letters that Paul is writing. And so here we go. Colossians 3, 1. I'm going to start here. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So he already starts this out. Hey, this whole section is for you if you have been raised with Christ. So if you are a believer, if you are someone who says, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm rescued, then he's like, this is for you. And Paul will see him start to kind of um, spell out what it looks like for us to interact with one another. He continues on in verse 2. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are here on earth. So already, priority number one, set your mind on things that are above. Think about like your number one priority is your relationship with God. Right? And if you don't have that, then man, that's a totally different conversation that we need to be having. And so, he says, this is first and foremost priority. Your relationship with God, however you see him, is going to affect the way that you see other people. Verse 3, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear, You also will appear with him in glory. And so, we know from the very beginning of the Bible that God is the creator of us. He's the creator of relationships. When he made Adam, not me, um, long time ago, different one, um, Adam, the very first human created on earth, he said, it is not good that you are alone. He made Eve and they were together. And so in that we begin to see what relationships and friendships and those types of things look like because they have a relationship with one another and they have a relationship with God and and they are functioning and trying to figure that whole thing out from the get-go. And it's, and it's good and beautiful. Um, and then later on, Adam and Eve, they screw it up um, and they sin. And, and everything starts to go kind of haywire from there. And you can blame them for all the problems. Girls, you can blame all, the, all, all your problems with boys on, um, on Adam and Eve. And so that's their fault. Uh, and boys, you can blame all your problems with girls on Adam It's the fall. It's sin. It's, we live in a broken world. We're confusing. We don't understand one another. Um, and, and we've messed this up. But God, from the very beginning, creates relationships, and he sees them as a good thing. Our relationships with others function now as a shadow of our relationship with God. So you can really see how people view God, or you, I think you can catch a glimpse of someone's relationship with God whenever you see how they treat people around them. And I'm, I'm even still just talking about friendships here. And so Paul begins to kind of give us this list of, of like do's and don'ts. And in order for us to interact with one another, in order for our friendships to be solid, in order for our relationships to be um, on a firm foundation, he begins to kind of go through this list. He goes through this list here um, in verses 5 through 11, where he begins to say like these are some things that you need to make sure you cut out of your life. That these things are not present in your heart and in your life. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. But then he reminds us, in these two, you once walked. So remember he's saying, if you've been raised with Christ, this is for you. But don't forget where you came from. In these two, you once walked. When you were living in them. Verse 8. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Again, he's saying, you are a reflection, hopefully, of Jesus. That as your relationship with God grows, you begin to change, and that changes the way that you treat other people around you. Imagine all of these things that he listed. Think about your own friendships. Think about friendships that have gone wrong, whether it's someone else's fault or your fault or a little bit of both. Think about what would happen if anger, wrath, malice, slander, like obscene talk, not lying. Think about what if those things were gone. What would relationships look like here? Why do most friendships or relationships here dissolve? Think about that. And what are the very things that Christ is calling us to rid ourselves of? Here's the thing. Christ wants us in relationship with one another to experience himself. As we interact with the people around us, hopefully our friendships, the way that we are just communicating with people, knowing one another, hopefully those are all things that point us back to God. Everything that we experience can be something that points us back to him when we look at all the things he's called us to here in this book. Verse 11. here. There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So he's saying, not only do you need to put off these things, but stop seeing people and reading them like a book and judging them by the cover. Like you see what is on the outside, you see what their title is or their age or whatever, the things that they do, and you immediately assume that that defines who they are and we don't interact with them. We don't pursue relationships or friendships with these people because we, we just say that I would, I would rather just stay over here in, in this space over here, and I'm just going to leave. I don't, I don't even want to interact with you. I don't want to go there. He's saying that it doesn't matter where you come from, where you're at, whatever. None of those titles, those, those names, they, none of them matter because in Christ... Everyone is on an an equal playing field. Again, this is where we see problems come in our culture. Most of the things that you guys hear about, people being bullied, people being put down, like people being beaten up, people all over the world who are dealing with like, systemic racism, who are dealing with these issues where they feel like they've been put down over a long period of time or, or they have legitimately experienced these things, whenever it's like, man, why can't I get like, a, a foot ahead because I always feel like I'm just being stepped on and other people are using me to just get ahead in their lives. Like, that's because we don't see one another on a level playing field. It's so hard for us, and for me, my own heart especially, whenever I, I meet someone, not to try to like size them up. Do you guys ever struggle with that? Where you you run into somebody, and it's just like, you don't even, it's not even like you're doing it on purpose. It's almost second nature to us, where we try to size someone up. All right, where do you come from? What do you do? Um, what kind of money does your family have? What kind of car do you drive? What kind of things do you own? Well, what, and we and we put people like in these little boxes and then we either decide that we're better than them or if we feel like we're not, then we try to come up with something in their life. Well, at least, at least I don't do that. And we make ourselves feel like we're better than. And then it affects the way that we treat other people. Does that make sense? I hope so. So Paul gives this list of, of do nots. These are the things that we want to continue to chisel away from our hearts and get rid of over time. Rid these things. Get rid of these things. Put them all away. And then in verse 12, he says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so these, this little list of of attributes of things, like imagine what relationships, imagine what friendships, what those types of things look like if this is what we're about. Like if if these are the things that are coming out of us, pouring out of our hearts whenever we interact with people, whenever we hang out with our friends, whenever we hang out with people who aren't our best friends, like if that is what is flowing out of us, the way that people feel even about themselves because of the way that we treat them, it changes. Because we have been placed here to represent God and care for other people. We love God and we love other people. Scripture calls us ambassadors for Christ. And that's, that's heavy. That's weighty. And so Paul continues to go in, and, he, and he's just digging into all of these characteristics. Here's the thing, guys. Good friendships take time. You guys know that. Like, now there's some people where, like, you meet, and you hit it off, like, immediately. But then you know over time, as you guys hang out, like, your friendship has grown, right? Like, think about your best friend. Um, like the person that if you, if you had nowhere else to go and you had to stay at their house with their family, like for, for a month or a year, who's the person that you would call first and just be like, I need, I need somewhere to go. And you know, that you would have no issue living with them and, and, and being basically like a part of their family. Like, who would that be? Good friendships take time, investment and sacrifice, John fifteen thirteen, Jesus says, there's no greater love than this, that, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And we're not just talking about the physical act of dying and laying down your life, but laying down your pride, your own desires, your the things that you want, and saying, I am going to care for your highest good rather than my own. If you were in main service this morning, Mike talked about that as well. And I, I hope that you were. You guys, friendships... For all of us, hopefully, I would, I would say friendships are the best foundation for a good relationship. So now, again, fast forward and, and think to ideas of dating and, and, and relationships and boyfriend and girlfriend and, and then even eventually down the line, marriage. I know a lot of you are like, oh, that's crazy. Um, the best in my, in, from what I have seen, the best way to set up a solid relationship is one, we love God and that our basis of relationship would be then caring for one another like a friend. Here's the thing that I, I can say without a doubt is that my wife is my best friend. Like it's super, that's, the, that's an easy, it's a no-brainer for me. Like, and because we were friends a long time, even before we were married. And and it was like, it was it's awesome. and And I wanna just encourage y'all that, friendship is the basis of every good relationship and so I think sometimes we try to jump the gun and just say like oh man, he's cute or she's cute and you try to jump in and it's like "All right, we're going to date and it's like what do you know about them and it's like nothing cool, what do you like to do and like and then whenever you want to go out on a date or or ask them to go do something like you just, you kind of hope that what you're asking them to do is something that they actually like to do like here's number one Boys, this is a no-no forever. Dates do not mean, do you want to come over and watch me play video games? Never, ever, ever, never. Thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you. It's never a date, ever, ever, no, all right? But then at the same time, all right, If if a good relationship is based on a friendship, you should know about the things that they like, things that they don't like. Like whenever, um, let me tell you this, Brittany and I, our first ever date, um, we went to IHOP like in our sweatpants. It was awesome. All right. And I ordered like pancakes or something. I don't even remember what I ordered, but it was just like, and it was no different. It was no, there was no more different really than, than what we had been doing before, which was just hanging out and being friends. Um, Now with just a little bit more intentionality. Um, And so here's the thing. I'm telling y'all, the friend zone, it is. It's the best zone. Be in, hang, don't be afraid of the friend zone. Don't be afraid to be friends with people. And here's the thing. Most of you are still trying to figure out what your relationship with God looks like, that you need to start working on that before you even think about what it looks like to develop a relationship with a girl or with a guy or dating or whatever that means. And so for us... I think the biggest thing that we can say is, how am I influencing my friendships? What do I bring to the table? What has God done for me? What have I, how has he changed me? And then how should that affect the way that I treat other people? Because these things that you put on, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, being, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, and above all these, you put on love. Here's the thing, girls, guys, everyone, how you see someone treat their friends is a reflection of their heart and a preview of probably how they will treat you. If you see a guy who is terrible to his friends and ditches them and doesn't care for them and talks about them behind their back, guess what? If you decide to, to date him, not a whole lot's probably going to change. Guys, same thing. If you see a girl, the way that she treats her friends, if, if she's talking about them behind their back, if, if she is not someone who is honest or forgiving or loving towards her friends, guess what? Better run. Like, that's not, that's not somewhere that you want to go. And it, and it goes both ways. Because again, how you see people treating others is probably a reflection of, of how they see God and how God sees them. Sorry, how they see God and how that affects them. And so because of that, your relationship with God is the most important thing. And because of that, it should affect all of your other relationships in the way that you care for people, the way that you see people, not sizing them up, being patient with others, and just loving people. That should be something that affects you 100%, totally, completely. And so as we, as we kind of wrap this up, again, I think the best place to be, you guys, is the friend zone. I know that you guys think I'm crazy, but I promise, I'm serious. Don't worry about dating right now. And we're going to get to that next week. But make sure that your friendships are things that you value and cherish you care for the people around you. Because if you are, if you're a bad friend, nothing is going to like just magically switch over and change when you start to try and date. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The way that we treat others should be a reflection of how we know that God sees us. He loves you. He cares for you. He gave his life for you so that you would know him and be rescued by him. Are you willing to do that for those around you? For your friends, first and foremost. I'm gonna pray for us and the band's gonna come back up. We're gonna sing. um, We're gonna sing again. And we're gonna close it out. And so as we do that, think about the things in your life that you need to cut away in your own heart, first and foremost. The worst thing that you could do is sit here this morning and think about someone who's not here and be like, man, I really wish that they were here because they have a lot of problems in their life. And if they would just cut this out, then our friendship would probably be better. No. First and foremost, God wants to get after your heart and whatever's going on in there and change you. And let that be the thing that changes your friendships and the people that you're friends with. So I'm going to pray for us and we're going we're to sing again. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for for showing us what relationships look like, what good friendships look like. Thank you for modeling that for us in the ultimate way, that you loved us so much that you gave your life for us, that you you sent your Son, Jesus, to live among us, to walk among us, And that because of him, we can have life and life to the full. Would we model our friendships, our relationships after you and the way that you have cared for us and loved us? That we would put others first, that we would think of others' needs before our own, that we would lay down our pride, that we would get rid of our selfishness, and that our most, most important relationship, first and foremost, would be knowing you and understanding who you've made us to be. We love you. And it's your name we pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and stand again.